Yes, nice. Especially Welcome going back. Welcome Yo, back. We're up? back. Episode three, rolling with the homies. We got Cody, no love Garbrandt, and myself, Chris Holdsworth. All right, this is the first time we're actually not in studio together. Cody, where he are you Zoom. at? Man? Give, us Give us the rundown. Give us the rundown. Tom's River, New Jersey. I'm starting uh, my fight camp out here with Coach Mark, um, Frankie and the gang. Um, so, yeah, I'm just out here. I just um, flew here on the weekend uh, to Ohio. I saw Bob over with Bob, my Uncle Bob. Uh, that was always good. He was, you know, 10, right, 15 so you minutes work, late. Did you get to work Bob a little bit? Yeah, I worked with Bob on Monday morning and then drove from Ohio um, to Jersey. So it was like How a seven-hour drive. Seven hours. Okay. Yeah. So I got an awesome shout out to Jeff, Jeff Drennan Ford down in Shotgun, Ohio. He gives me uh, vehicles to, to use all camp. So, yeah, I got to go see the family, see the NOLA bullies. We just did an additional, uh, I would say, about 50 feet of outdoor kennel runs. So we just got the concrete poured today and doing some other concrete slabs for photos and um, other Sick. areas of the dome. So checking that out, saw the, the work, the build. Investing in your program, bro. Yeah, for sure, man. Keep growing it and growing it. That's what's up. Good, man. Good to see the family for a little bit. Saw them for like half the day. You know, it's always good to see my mom and and recharge and see my my siblings and nieces and nephew. I got a slew of them. So it's nice not to see see the dogs. But yeah, nice little drive up here. Seven hours. I listened to probably four, three, three Joe Rogan podcasts that were very informative, dude. Like, I really like the ones. Which, one, which ones? Uh, which ones did you listen to? Um, I think Andrew Huberman. Listen to that one. Oh, dude, yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah, a good one. Me. And I'm right now. I was listening, listening to that one a little bit. And I didn't finish it. No, really good man. He gets it's a really good depth on a lot of a lot of things like sleep, hormones, and, just, and stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Like yeah, sleep, yeah. hormones. And that, those are the ones that I'm more kind of into, like you know, getting information. You know, to make yourself better, try this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I love, I love right the now. ones where he has those guys on there. Yeah, so informative. Shout out Joe Rogan. Love, love that podcast. So, yeah, man, just been doing that podcast training, um, game planning for Kai Car France, uh, 11 weeks out. Um, I was I worked with Coach yesterday. Uh, you know, we, nice. we, did our, we did our rounds. I did our sparring sparring in the morning. and then Is uh, that the picture with Frankie, too? Or Yeah, Frankie was right before me. So, he's six weeks out fighting Cheeto Vera. Um, he's fighting the MSG, uh, November 6th. So it's good to be in camp with Frank. You know, I'm just kind of like shadowing him. You know, he's a workhorse. He's, you know, he's, there's a yeah. reason why he's here, bro. There's a reason why he's yeah. still at the, at the top level at three different weight classes because the way that he works and the way that his mind, you know, um, just, Man, I don't even think I was fighting yet when I saw him fight Tyson Griffin. I think it was his first fight in the UFC. Uh, you know him and Tyson fought epic fight epic fight but uh ever since I've been a Frankie Edgar fan and been following his career he was a true OG true vet in the game and I just respect the fact not only is he one of the best but he's still in in the fight game years later and not too many guys get to have such a long career so it's always cool to see guys uh, you know continuing to fight guys at the top of the level top of the food chain and keep winning and stuff so shout yeah, out to nice. Edgar. Yep, shout out. We, I love working with Frank. You know, we're always you know drilling together, working on picking his brain on, you know, things that he does, um, right? Or you know, just ask some questions. You know, he's the OG. And yeah. He's in the three division. Like I said, he's been putting on performances and you know, fights of the year candidates and just you know, sure. he just he's you know he's he's a Hall of Famer. So you plan on staying out there for what, like uh, nine days, and come back and kind of do like a back and forth type of thing, get a little mix. Yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm two weeks out here and I'm nine days back home. And then I'm back again for two weeks and I come right back for Halloween. So I have my son this time. The, the next who's time doing, uh, who's doing your food out there? Uh, right now I have uh, Dr. Mateo. He just has a meal plan, um, you know, that we've been based off of Are carbs. You? But I'm uh, eat, eat Clean Bro. Our, okay. um, Jamie, Are great company. I mean, they, they modify the meals for me. I went and picked them up oh, yesterday. Sweet. So yeah, just convenient, super convenient. Great. I work with their dietitian to make sure that we were on par with my doctor. So we're, you know, staying consistent. That's the thing about traveling, you know, traveling, you stay, your food, especially going down a weight class, you know, but um, yeah. yeah, everything's kind of falling into place. I feel good. I'm settling in. 
just ran and got some uh, stuff at the store before the podcast had hit Garrett up. I was making sure that the timing was right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, just, you know, just enjoying it, man. I'm in the grind. You know, we're here. Heck yeah. I'm just not preparing because, you know, you know, you might have to take a few days off of camp. Something might happen. Or, you know, you might injure something. You might get a skin. No, for sure. Kind of skin. I know, bro. Yeah. You know, there's every, always something. Every fight, fight I got, got ready for, something happened. You know, you're just like, crap. You know, you just got to get over that obstacle. You got to keep training or train around it, do the best around you can it. do. And, uh, you know, go into there, you know, the best you can. And you're never going into a fight 100%. Like any, like, true yeah. fighter knows that. Yeah. Um, you, try to be, you try to be. You try to go in there. And if you're not 100%, physically, you should make sure that your mental fortitude is 100% going in there. Like, hey, you, you've been here before. You worked around it. Like, the fight's going to happen. It's going to present itself. And just taking advantage of this opportunity. So working obviously in the mind, the body, the soul, everything. I mean, just putting those yourself in those <laughs> horrible, you know, conditioning and practices and where you want to break, you have to push through. So, you know, got three practices in today, you know, we're we're getting that mental fortitude, you know, to to push and, and ready to put on the face and go in there and put a statement at this division that, you know, this is uh this is a pond that's I was brought in for yeah, bro. moving down weight class time to make a yeah. statement i gotta Let make a statement man. and i'm going to you know this is a this is a huge fight for me a huge opportunity for my career and you know it i'm as scared of this as any fight because i've never made 125 never fought here you know there's a lot of unanswered questions just like going into the dominic cruz fight yeah i could go in there and knock knock him out but could i go five rounds try to do this because there's so many unanswered questions that it scares me and motivates me in a sense of doing the extra not that i haven't or don't in the past but it's more you, got, you have to add more onto it and figure it out so i think that this would be a great way for me um energy levels feel good i've been on the diet for about two months now so um, i already shaved off you know five to seven pounds give or take on the diet so feeling right, good, on, man. right on track right on track yeah, yeah killing it man cool. how's things back in california i definitely miss the obviously you know mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I love California. Good, man. I came back a little road trip, uh, went out to L.A. for a day, did a little seminar at my guy's house I've known for a long time. Or not at his house, but (laughs) at his place. Uh, I've known him for a while, you know. So he hooked me up, got to teach some of my stuff, you know, and then drove back the same day. Or no, I drove the day before, then I drove back the next day. Oh, cool. Yeah, a little quick in, quick out, kind of like Vegas trip. (laughs) That's how you do those. That's how you do those. All right, so let's talk about story time, man. I think story time. We need to talk about our boy Jean Claude Van Dam. Um, I think this. I think this is a funny story, or it's a cool story in general for both of us. We probably have a different story. I'll, I'll let you tell your version, and I. I just want to kind of tell mine. I watched Jean Claude Van Dam growing up, like me and my dad, like double impact and a blood sport kickboxer. I was a huge fan. You know what I mean? I knew nothing about like what a like a true like if he was good or he can kick ass. He looked like he can kick ass, right? right. Like, like bro, in the movies, he looked like a badass, right? Yeah, okay. Hollywood. I was a huge fan. So, of course, when we got to meet him, I was kind of starstruck. I was like, man, this guy was like my childhood like movie star kind of you know hero. Here he is, and I actually we actually got to like he showed us some moves. Um, Trying so, to kick was, your head off. <laughs> 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 kick my, definitely kick my try to kick my head off. So I knew right away. I knew right away. John Claude's gonna try to show some stuff. He's gonna try to show out. He's gonna probably try to hit me with one of these kicks. So I knew he warmed up for 30 minutes. He got on the bike. He 37 like, minutes. 37, 37 minutes. minutes. This dude was like Back. on the bike warming up his legs. He was like, I gotta warm up. I was like, cool. He did his splits, he did everything. Yeah. And uh we got in the cage and I was like, I don't know if I asked him to show me his kicks or I just let, I think we just let him, let it, let him do his thing. And I knew right away, he started to throw his little toe stab at me. And I was like, all right, here it comes. And he faked <laughs> the toe stab and he tried to go a hook kick. And I knew it. I just did like a pullback and I, I, I missed it. I was like, oh, here he goes. If, if I wouldn't have did that pullback, I would have got, I would have got hit with his heel. And he For was sure. pretty pissed. He was pretty pissed. I can tell that he didn't hit me with that. So, um, 
you know, after that, I was like, all right, Jean-Claude. And I got it on video. I put it on like one of my TikTok videos. It's funny. But um, tell your tell your story, Cody. Oh, man. That, I mean, yeah, that was kind of basically it. But you left, left a big old, you know, chunky part of it. This guy comes in like Dude, two did hours he try late. to go even harder on you or what? Two hours late. He was just <laughs> weak. The booze. He was out all night, I guess, man. He was just sweating up a storm. Remember, he kept like trying to stretch us and do all this crazy yeah. stuff. I'm like, all right, you know, John Cobb, we were out, you know, with hanging out with him the night before. And I've, you know, known John. Claude since, you know, introduction with Rob is Rob brought him up here and we FaceTime a few times. So it's, you know, it is what it is. I just fought TJ. I just lost my title in New York, maybe three or four days before that. So I was just like, you know, not really kind of wanting to be in the gym, you know, but yeah, when, you yeah, know, yeah. I want to come show everyone was excited. Um, I didn't grow up in a martial arts background, so I really wasn't into like blood sport. I watched it, but it wasn't like, um, it's my favorite, you know, karate shit. But, um, yeah, you know, he was cool. He needed to change his shirt like five or six times because he said that, like, get, get random shirts because he was sweating through it, sweating through it. Yeah. Oh, this one makes me look fat and red. Like, Nick was basically, you know, had to go check on him. Like, hey, like, are you coming out to work out? We're waiting on you, guy. Waiting on you. You know, we came late. Um, so, yeah, long story short, that stuff started happening. So, he was demonstrating. I mean, I was just watching. I was like, man, I'm not really trying to, you know, my hand was still broken, from obviously, from the fight. Um, I had to go get, you know, x-rays and stuff later. So he like started showing on you and then he was like, sorry to mess with me. We we're kind of just like slapping around a little bit. Like <laughs> I did like a little fucking spin kick to him, like super slow. Like I kind of looked at him, but he got this like look in his eyes. I know that his John Clon fan damn fan group and shit are still going to attack me on Instagram because I had so many like John Claude will kill you like this. Like, no way. Messages all the time. Dying laughing. I'm like, bro, this guy is in it. Like, why would I want to fight John? You know what I mean? Like he's a, he's an older, older no, guy. No, yeah, not at all. Like it wasn't, it wasn't even like that, but he knows, and I've known he's done it to Mike Tyson. He's done it to GSP. He's done it to a lot of people where he's hit them. Um, you know, he hit Mike Tyson in Thailand and they had to do a fight scene. And one of the kickboxers, like kickboxers four to where they had to have him like 15 feet away. Cause Mike was like, don't put him in front of me. You know, Mike warned him, like, don't hit me. And he still hit Mike. And Mike was like ready to kill him in Thailand. This is from you know, Robson, you know, when he's over there directing it. So I'm like, I already know his gimmick, you know what I mean? But I didn't think that this dude was gonna, you know, pull oh, some I shit knew, like that. But when I, I did knew. that spin kick, bro, and I came back down, I saw his like eyes kind of light up. He was like, ooh, like, ooh. I was like, oh, okay, like, and, I, and the next thing you know, he did that whoo, that heel kick, you know, that flashy little heel kick. And he is very flexible. He, he got quick kicks, you know. <laughs> And just his chin, his his heel hit me right in the chin. I was like, bro, I was like, John, come the fuck on. Oh and yeah, you got. Remember, pissed. he just dropped to the ground. He was like, oh, my champion. And like, <laughs> made this huge scene that looked like I hit him. So everyone that was around the cage was like, what yeah. the hell happened? Did you hit John? I'm like, no. I'm like, man, let's just get out of here. And I told Rod, <laughs> just leave. And I was like, man, just over this. And John, Claude, you know, ended up uh, teaching the class. You know, just basically stretching, stretching them the whole time, making yeah. them stretch and shit, uh, which is cool. Everyone's a big fan, like I said, big fan of his Hollywood movie stuff, and, and they were excited to see him at the gym. And then, you know, we had, you know, later, you know, and Rob was like, oh, man, I can't believe we did that. Like, you know, it's bullshit. Like, I was like, yeah, it is what it is. Like, what am I going to do to this guy? Like, he's, you know, obviously. So was it that really- night? Was it that night we all got together, got, got together and hung out? Yeah. Yeah. We was like smoking joints and shit. You know what I mean? He was just hanging Yo, out. So was, check, like, yeah. So funny off. story. Funny story, like if you get a chance to smoke a J with John Claw Van Dam, your martial arts hero, you're gonna smoke a J with him. Oh, so yeah. I did. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I remember when uh John Claude lit it, like for just the audio listeners, he lit the J and he was literally like making circles around his face. Like he was praying like it was sage, like you yeah. know, like praying off the bad omens. <laughs> And it was the best ever because then he started hitting it and like he started to like blow circles and like he was like trying to like like show his skills and stuff. I was like, okay, John Claude. Literally 20 minutes later, we're all on the couch. He's done. Like he's literally passing out of the couch. Like his eyes are all closed. He tried to pull his cap down, like his cap down a little bit to like cover his eyes. And I just kept looking at him. I was like, oh, he's stoned. <laughs> Actually, it's funny that you bring this story up because I was just flying to Ohio from California. I was going through my pictures and that popped up and it was him and he had like danny's dog little casey boy like in his in his jacket he just looked he had a no love 
uh, sweatshirt on, like I, I gave him, and he just looks so ripped out of his mind. But yeah, that was basically the story, and I haven't really seen him since. I, actually, I, I saw him. I saw him at Tyson Ranch um, a few years later after after that. But it's funny, like he didn't let anybody record but his own recording, and yeah. then they released that. I was like, man, I just. Is yeah, it's not, like, it, it's what it he is. doesn't it's mean any harm you know? he just, no not at all not at all not at all i just and i kind of feel bad for the guy but you know it was great he was a great hollywood actor a lot of people look up to him and that you know and, um a lot of you know slava was, was tickled to death that you know slava you know being the kickboxer he was coming and, and oh was i bet so you slava excited. was all about him yeah oh, for sure yeah. and the corrigan yeah. Oh, yeah 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 i'm telling you man yeah, like, i grew up watching nice all his movies yeah yeah same. <clears throat> all right well shout out to john claude van damme john claude, we love you buddy we love yeah, you we love you hopefully come back show yeah. us some stretches some um, shit. all right next thing uh, i think we should talk about is being single versus being in a relationship as a professional fighter or being a a, a competitor let's say a competitor because it doesn't have to be a fighter Right. Um, but we can relate the most to that. Right. Um, I'll, I'll just start off. Like when I fought, I never was in a relationship. I was always single. I felt like for me, I was able to focus 100% on getting better, becoming the best martial artist I can, no distractions. Um, yeah. So that, that was kind of my style, but I know there's like a lot of people who were very successful with a wife. Like let's say yeah. like, you know, dj dj for example he had a, a wife frankie. the whole time he was shit. frankie um you know there's plenty other examples that guy like dustin poirier like yeah. that that succeed with that strong uh you know other half for me, i just i never had that i was like more of the guy who just focused 100 on fighting um and i know you've kind of you've been on both sides of it uh, to like, so let's see, let's hear your perspective, Cody. I think as, um, you know, I can speak on my professional career and being a mixed martial artist, that it's very, you have to be very selfish in this sport. You know, yeah. you're not taking holidays, you're not taking vacations, you're not, you know, it's, and if you're at the highest level, you're, you're training, you're recovering, your PT work, your massage work, your mobility work. Um, getting everything in that's going to make you a better athlete, better fighter, win the fights, win more money. Um, so I think that there is a correlation if you have a woman that understands that and supports yeah. that, and understands like there's going to be lonely nights. There's going to be lonely nights that I, that my husband is in the gym or vice versa. My my, you know, if your husband and your wife fights, you know, you see that now, a lot now. You got to understand that's going to be a, it's it's lonely. It's a lot of downtime and alone time but it's incremented periods like fight camp. You're not always constantly, you know, you, there's, there's, you know, you train, you recover and you go home and you, you have your time, but you know, in fight camp, it's, it's demanding, you know, it's, you know, it's 10 to 12 weeks of just. Yeah. Grinding. Some women get turned off by that too. Like yeah, how demanding a, that, you know, the, the fight life can be the training every day, the, you know, the, the irritability, like, yeah, so it can be uh, rough, but like the ones who are able to withstand that are the the ones that are I think belong or deserve to be a lot be around, you know. Right, I think so too, and I think that you know, in that same breath, that they understand like what they signed up for. You know what I mean? Like a lot of true, like, true. I've been through it. Like Frankie and his wife been together since college, so the wrestling days that's a grind. You know, you're gone. Yeah. So you understand the same with probably uh, Dustin's wife. They've been together forever, through ups and downs, and making it, and probably you know, you know struggling from Louisiana to make it the the regional pro WC UFC. Um, so they've been. It's kind of like it's niched in there. They've been together forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I think that's crazy. You say that though. I now that I can see the girls who've been with guys before they made it famous are probably like the real strong backbone. Yeah. What about the guys? Maybe they get in a little late. You know, the guy. You know, that's a tough. That's a tough. You know, topic that we speak on. We sit there and say that you know they formed this bond and love and hardship early on in their life, early on in adulthood. You know, mm -hmm. that made them be able to walk over water with, together. Yeah. You know, because they've always had each other. You know, I think that when you 
become someone, quote unquote, become a UFC fighter, become, you know, famous, if you want to call it. Um, it's, it's tough. It's tough to understand, like, is this woman really for me? You have to, you, you, you have to have your guard up more. You know what I mean? Is this the right woman that's going to help me, help me in my career, outside of my career, understand that this is a, this window closes in MMA that I have to do everything that I have to do now in order to set up my life, career, family, um, outside of my fighting career. Because um, like I said, this is, this is a small portion of your life if you're looking at, you know, the bigger picture. You know, this, you, know, you fight maybe 15, 20 years, you know what I mean? That's probably like a if you're I'll lucky, like, right? If you're lucky, right? Exactly. Yeah. If you're if you're a blessed one, you know, if you're a blessed one, you do everything right. And if you don't, it's just so wishwash. You don't know your injury could be injured and be done. You know, so that's a tough way to see. I think a lot of people see the the fame and the the fans and the girls. Some of the girls have different you know, alternative motives with that. You know, like oh, I want to be with him because he's somebody. You know, so it's it's a it's definitely a tough topic or tough. You know, I would say it's more tough to find a genuine woman when you already have some kind of clout or fame or you've done something successful. And that's yeah. just the society that we were put in. You know, like we're put in like this society that, oh, if you're successful, you're this or that. You're, you're like, just, you know, everyone's like these billionaires have their own private jets, but it's like, man, they're, they're killing it, but they're on their fourth marriage. Like, you know, some of their levels, their life's unbalanced. Right. You know, yeah. I think a balanced life is a, is a great life, but it's, it's hard to balance. You got to make sure she's, she's with you and wants to be with you for the right reasons. Because sometimes, yeah, sometimes women, you know, they want to be in you for the wrong reasons. You know, that, that could be money, that can be clout or popularity. So I know like code with all the followers, the, you know, the 2.4, whatever you have, like, how do you fend off those clout chasers? Like, I know you got people that I, it's hard, man. Cause you know, I, I'm nowhere near your level, but I, I can see how someone at that, at your stage can just, people are just always trying to get your attention. Yeah. I mean, I think that just knowing that what I'm set out to do, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm a human. I make faults and I make mistakes and you know, I fall, you know, into some of those temptations here and there, but then I'm like, is it a want? Is there a need? You know what I mean? Yeah. Am I making that correction decision of is it want or is that need? Do I need this in my life or do I want this in my life? You know, and I think that having that thought process, you know, is this a good decision to do this or do that? And anything in your life, women, um, you know, food, you know, uh, exercise, you know, we're all like, we, we praise these um, athletes that, do amazing things but they're addicts as well like, i'm an addict i'm addicted to this i'm obsessed with it you know but it's a positive addiction it's not a drug abusion there's not something like that but we put in the side like these guys are great but they're obsessed they're an addict you know but a, a crack addict or a coke addict or you know a meth addict they're still an addict you know they, they have to feed into that like i have to train every day you know the same thing so it's it's tough it's tough definitely to for sure you know figure that out but i guess that's stay focused yeah stay focused keep plugging away on the positive stuff the gym training deep deep in this uh episode wow oh shit all right let's let's do some q a let's switch it up let's switch it up a little bit q a from the fans uh so we put out a little post a couple weeks ago man all the all the responses we got it was it was way too many I got a lot of good ones and it was hard to kind of keep up with all of them, but I took some screenshots and we wrote some down and we're going to try to give you guys some love. Um, all right. So first one, this one's pretty, it's for Cody. Cause this is going to be you. What was going through your head during the cruise fight? This is from Alexander uh, Renteria uh, underscore. Sorry if I butcher your guys' names. <laughs> what was going through my head wow there was a lot of emotions uh, we spoke on early on in the, uh, this episode there's a lot of unanswered questions that i had to genuinely answer for myself as well because i never had the answer to the belt of the fourth round had the answer to the belt of the fifth round um you know and just a lot of things there's a lot of unanswered questions but i was uh, my emotions were as if it was um flow state i felt like 
I don't know, everything I could do, I, just the way that I moved and the things that I saw, the speed, everything just kind of felt slow on that, you know, as it should have been probably tenfold as fast as it could have been, you know, world title fight. But the whole week I was always just um, reminding myself to, to enjoy it, to enjoy it because you only fight one time for a world title. You know, it's my first world title fight. So I kept saying, hey, man, let's enjoy this. Enjoy all this media that you have to do, the tension that you have to do. Crew's trying to get in my head. Um, the reporter's asking the questions, you know, doubts arising inside of me, you know, internally that I had to, like, put those flames out and stay calm and, and focus on what was going on in there. And leading up to the fight, I just remember even my uncle, man, Uncle Sting, man, he was, you know, we're getting ready to walk out to the cage and he started tearing up crying. He said, man, we're going to do this. We're going to win this title. I said, Hey man, I said, I got 25 minutes to fucking get after in there. I said, we're, we're going to get this. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's stay focused right now. He said, I know he's, he just knew it. You know, he could just feel it, you know, and walking out with Maddox hand in hand and, and the battle that he went through. And I just was not leaving that lockdown without my hand raised, but being inside there, I would just, it was one of those feelings. I think that if every person in this world could kind of feel that once in their life, then they would understand that they're, they're on the right path. They're doing something that they were set out to do in this life. You know, a lot of people look for this um, things in their life as far as like their identity. You know, my identity was yeah, just positive milestones in their life. My, positive milestones. I worked so hard for it. Came over so many obstacles, you know, where a lot of people would turn back and give up and, and go get a regular job. You know, this is shit that I was thinking about. Man, we were doing this, what, in 2000? My first fight was 2009. So training, you know, kind of throughout, you know, high school and, and, and junior high boxing. And then they became, you know, very popular. So just like the whole journey I was just looking back on just to see how far I came. You know, it was just, um, it was humbling, man. And yeah. humility was it. And I think that's everything you do in your life. Um, you're so humbled, you know, especially in the sport. You're in a sport that, you know, one punch can take you out. But, yeah, definitely I was just just, just happy to be there, but not happy just being there, if that makes sense. For sure. All right, next question. Wildest UFC fire that we have both partied with? And this is from Chris Rowe 7. Chris, Chris actually had a lot of good questions. Chris Rowe, that sounds familiar if I see him pop up. So I'm going to say, uh, man, I've I've partied with quite a few UFC fighters, and I know I'm going to say one now, and I'm going to think of somebody else. I'm like, damn, I partied harder with them. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think uh, me and Joe Daddy Stevenson go back. <laughs> yeah, we've partied pretty hard. Oh, uh, yeah, we got some good times. What about uh, you, Cody? Um, he's not a UFC fighter per se. He's our good friend. Uh, I would definitely say Lance the Party Palmer. No man, um, it's gotta be. A, it's gotta be a uh, UFC fight. Cause well, I would have used Lance fight. too. Come on. Oh, man, Lance is the Lance. He's the party. Yeah, dude. I would have used Lance too. Oh, man. He is. He's the man. I. That's all I can really think Gotta about, be at man. least a former a former UFC fighter. Man, I'm trying to think. This is crazy. No, right we. Now. If we're not, we can come back to it. Oh uh, man, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I, I've had a couple, um, <laughs> probably Nick Diaz, I would say, yeah. We got okay, into a little uh, fight in uh, XS a few years ago. and uh, Yeah, he kind of got me on this skate route, you know, through Boo-Boo. Everything was going down. We came out. And he said, Man, he said, that was dope. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was yeah. All the kids now it happened. It was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, we were in the right, but, uh, yeah, he took me on a little skate route and got out of the way and didn't get any shit. So, yeah, that's it, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, next one. Advice for a young fighter starting his pro career. And this is from Izuwa. How do you pronounce it? Izumatuma. <laughs> I don't know. Some of these usernames are kind of kind of out there. But um, advice for a young fighter starting his pro career. You need to find a good coach, a good gym, uh, you know, uh, reputable people to surround yourself with around. Make sure you have a, a good jiu-jitsu coach or a good wrestling coach and then a good striking coach and someone who can help you blend everything together. Some Sometimes people just try to learn stuff off of YouTube. They just want to come in and get right into a fight. I've seen it happen before, but you need to take the time to learn every facet of mixed martial arts 
Got to be at least be a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, in my opinion. Or at least not a blue belt, but like a blue belt level, you know, like yeah, at least have like, <laughs> I know you're a white belt, but you're not white belt level. Right. Yeah. You know, I like, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a difference. Um, at least a year of like grappling, in my opinion. Right. And you have a way more than a year of grappling. So that, that, that find a good coach, find a good gym and train hard. What about you, Cody? Yeah, I'm going to say the same. Um, finding people that aren't going to be yes men to you, but oh, you're doing this great because, you know, that that's not ever what you want in your career. Having people that are going to shoot it to you straight, like, yeah, man, like you have a long way to go. You probably shouldn't have went pro or maybe we take some more amateur fights before. Like knowing that bridge between amateur to pro is no turning back. Because once you turn professional, there's no turning back. Like, oh, okay, I got my ass against pro. I'm going to go back to amateur. No, you're a pro. Now you're going to fight the pro guys. Uh, I would say definitely, you know, great coaches, great gym, you know, understanding like the body, not sparring too hard. I think that's another thing, like a gym that's wants to go in there and just be heavy sparring. Like there's drills and other shit that you can do besides just sparring every day. You know, that's kind of yeah. like, that's like the old school shit. So safe. People are training now. Yeah, it's definitely learning. It's, it's, it's the, the levels. There's levels to it. And uh, really for me, it's just having a good support system. You know, have every, all your ducks in a row because there's going to be, it's going to take you a significant amount of time to break into the UFC, to finally make money. You're going to be broken poor. You know, first, you know, five years of a business, you know, it's all great. So if you're able to sleep in your car, you know, not eat, you know, make a lot of sacrifices to, you know, go to training, broke, beaten, and, beaten some more until you make it like it's going to be a long journey but a journey that rests on your shoulders of how far you can go like where the ceiling has with it true that all right next one should a belt promotion be based on talent and technique or attendance and curriculum completion and this is that from johnny utah 20 uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of both because everybody's going to have different physicalities in their body. You know, some people might be disabled in some way and they can't um, do certain things or they, you know, can't compete. It's going to be a mixture of how much they're showing up. Attendance definitely is key for me. Uh, talent, not so much because you can have talent or not talent. That doesn't really, that just means you're probably going to pick things up faster if you have talent. So you might excel faster and get promoted faster. Yeah, I can see that. And of course, technique is going to help. Now, not every coach or instructor has a curriculum, but I think curriculums are cool in a way because it gives the students something to, you know, learn and look forward to and kind of complete and uh, always fall back on. And they can always look at it and stuff like that. So I think it's a good mix of the technique. I like to have students show me or teach me a technique. And if they can explain a technique, I think that's really important. Attendance, of course, is key. You can't have a guy who just shows up, doesn't show up for a couple months and shows up again and expects to be promoted. Consistency is key in, in anything in life if you want to get good at it and progress. And curriculum is just, a, I think, an extra – uh, you know, cherry on top, the curriculum is just going to help you probably excel faster. I definitely add to that. I think obviously you've done belt promotions. I, I don't, but coachability, being able to be coached, but also retain the information. You know, if I can show you something and you hit it then, but you're not doing it in live or doing it in situations. And if you're doing tournaments or geese or their matches, um, coachability is huge for me. Yeah. Someone that can retain the information that I'm coaching or teaching to them, you know, your professor. So you're professing things to them that, okay, if you're not, it doesn't work for you. Okay. Throw it in the cup for later, you know? So definitely coachability is huge. Nice. All right. Next one. The weight cut is tough. How do you do it safely without passing out? And this is Julito underscore Jedi 17. Now you have to do, weight cuts very very safe and the way you do that of course is supervision one don't try to weight cut with no one around that's right. not looking after you because that's the last thing you want i've done it before and that was a crucial mistake it was like one of my worst weight cuts too and no one was around to help me yeah. but um 
Yeah. So definitely have the supervision around because if you pass out, you're, you're screwed. You don't, you can't call for help, but making sure you're actually there, there's a thing called water loading and doing it correctly. Some people just do it the old school way of like taking, they just don't drink any water for days upon end. And so your body pretty much goes into shock. And then when you try to cut those last remaining pounds, your liver, your kidneys, you know, all your organs are shutting down and that's how people pass out and all that, all that bad stuff. So, you know, fortunately I I never passed out. I had some, you know, pretty big weight cuts in in my time. And for me, it was just making sure you're eating clean. You have supervision, you're, you're water loading correctly and you're doing the weight cut in like intervals, not all at once. If you feel like you're getting lightheaded or something, stop cold ice compress something you know swish wash in your mouth with cold you know ice relax and then maybe 20 30 minutes later once you've got back to room temperature you know you can start trying to get back into your your bath or get back into your sauna suit or whatever it is but some people try to do it too fast and without any liquids in them you have to do it the correct way and it's it's a long process i you know i haven't down pretty much in my head right now and everyone does it differently but I like how the UFC nowadays has like post-workout shakes, their drinks and stuff ready for the fighters. But when, when I fought, they didn't have all that. So I had to do everything myself. So. No, I think that's great too, to, to reinstate on what the UFC does now for the rehydration process. We're not allowed to have an IV. So you know, that was a huge thing. Like we just, when we hooked an IV, feel great, you know? And in the same breath, I'm going to say like, how do we know that I need this, much of this supplement to help me everyone's body is different or the same food i need this yeah. macros i need these carbohydrates um that's why i went with dr mateo i felt like last night i didn't properly hydrate and, and my nutrition wasn't up to par i think that's why i had lack of energy leading up to the fight in the morning shake out throughout the day um no also real appetite to reload um, obviously that was an energy expenditure that I didn't have inside the octagon, especially going for 25 minutes. So like you said, it's a, it's a science that you need to have your body, you know, dialed in before you go and put a huge stress on it with a weight cut. And then you're going to go put a bigger stress on inside of the fight. Yeah. Um, so definitely dialing all that in. I, I would say if you're cutting tremendous, if you're cutting over 20 pounds, you need to talk with a dietitian work with a dietitian yeah not only that but i think the better you are in shape the easier the cut is as well i think what really messes people up is when they come in either short notice and they try to cut a bunch of weight and they're not ready they're not ready for a fight maybe they you know they've been sparring or whatever but they're not like when you have eight weeks to get ready for something it's like your peak peak in the diet everything training you're on you're on cue right but you get a, a week or two weeks and then you try to force a 15 pound weight cut that's probably when guys are passing out or having issues or probably the nervous system, central yeah, nervous system, yeah. all that body's stress not ready that you for it. put on for eight to 10 weeks, the training camp, you're putting your body through that stress to put it in on two week notice to go on. All right. Now you got this fight and the nerves and the anxious and the thoughts and that the weight cut and you have to go fight. So, yeah, I mean, it's great. You know, some people are awesome. They take advantage of the opportunity of a short notice fight. They get in and sometimes it works. Sometimes it's just more of a weight cut and, you know, but it's opportunities, man. And a lot of people got to yeah. take them sometimes. All right. Next question. Thoughts on Chad Mendez going to bare knuckle. This was Chris Rowe seven again. Another good question. All right. My opinion on Chad going to bare knuckle. I think this is a great for him. These are like two minute rounds. These are eight, two minute rounds. And anybody who knows Chad, he's so explosive, so powerful. And he can probably go all out for two minutes, you know? Yeah. And I've talked to him before you know, about this whole thing. And he said the five minute, you know, he had to try to conserve. He couldn't go all out and explode like, you know, his, his style is. So he said with these two minutes, he's going to be able just to explode the whole time and then get in there. And believe me, if Chad hits you with bare knuckle, I think he's going to knock some dudes out or bloody them up and, and really hurt them. Um, so that's my opinions on Chad going to bare knuckle. I don't know who's the matchup's going to be or who his opponent is, but they're in trouble. He's been training hard. He's been working, he's been working hard. Yeah, definitely. Like we, you know, the five minute rounds up down MMA is the ultimate, you're the ultimate warrior. 
fights, the up downs, the punches, the takedowns, the jitsu, the defending the shots, the cage work, all that is so draining, taxing on your, your, your system, all your cardiovascular system. Now when you go to bare knuckle, it's two minute rounds. Chad's been wrestling his whole entire life. You know, he's collegiate, all American, division one, all American. I said, Chad, when's the last time you had to do something for two minutes? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't say, man, I couldn't, couldn't remember it, you know? Two minutes is so fast. And I think the style that bare knuckle allows the pulling of the head and uppercut, Chad's, I mean, if anybody knows Chad, his, his snap downs and his, you know, inside tire just, his hands are so heavy inside of you to where he's just, I think, pulling down the head and doing the short little uppercuts and ripping and getting off on the little angles. Like, like you just said, like he's going to be fucking people up. Like he's going to have deliver some, there's, there's some people that are going to get fucking hurt like badly. And, and sure. that Chad is a tank and especially two minutes and he can angle off and hit you and pull on, pull on the head like that. Like it's, it's going to be cool to see because he's our Chad and it's, it's great. You know, he's going to, you know, win some good money and you know probably win the title and have a great career in that he's gonna fuck some people up for sure yeah i can't wait can't wait all right last question this one somehow slipped in here um sativa or indica joints or pipes g march <laughs> g march who's that g march i did school did i take it first chris Are we kind of sore um okay uh i'm more of an indica guy and joints would be like more for a social setting and bongs on a on just a regular solo tip. Bongs every day, man. <laughs> Actually, man, like you're the one that kind of put me on a bong. Um, you always had the hemp hemp wick. That was like one of the harder things to do. Light the light the wick, hit the bull, pull the bull. He Christie's put ice in it, water, man. We he had the works. Oh. And I had the, had the, had the Hulk. I remember uh, when we were roommates, I broke. I felt so bad. I had each a new bong. Um, he had it for a while. He had this last piece that he was in love with. Um, yeah, you broke the roar, bro. Roar. That's what I bought. Hulk. That's what it was. I felt so bad. But yeah, the the bongs just hit me different, man. I I blast off, dude. I just. That shit strong. Last off, last off, <laughs> last off. Like I'll be, like, I got to sit here for a little bit. I'm more of a joint guy. I like joints. Um, but now that I've been with the medicine woman, I have like their pins, their live resin pins, are amazing. I think one little hit of that, I'm like good. I'm like good for you know whatever I have to do. Like, and I'm more sativa for me. I like to be uppity. I'm like high energy, you know, a lot. So I like to kind of be zippy, you know, especially mix it with a little caffeine in the morning. Woo. Maybe throw a little psychedelic in there, you know. That's like it's next, it's next level. But for me, I would say sativa, more hybrid. The no love OG strand just dropped from the medicine woman. Um, that's more of uh, like a headband strand. It's San Fernando Valley OG crossed with Kim Dog OG, thirty percent THC. So I like that. Um, it's a nice little little high for me to get me going, get me focused, give me some energy, a little pick me up into the day morning. Um, but yeah, definitely joints and sativa for doggy. Sweet. All right, talk about a relevant topic. We got Ortega Volkanowski, epic fight, five round war. Man, that third round was 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 something was something to watch. I had my phone out like both times. Those submissions, like I thought, both of those submissions were done. I called him, man. I think uh, Brandon Swab put it on the below the belt. He's like, he's subbing him. He's subbing him. Uh, Ortega subbing him. Like, look, Ortega's great. He's good. I'm like, you're not subbing Volkanovski. I watch him fight Chad. I watch him fight Darren Elkins. And, um, you know, all I just, his body type and the way that he explodes and stays so tight, I just knew that he wasn't. It's hard to get those guys. Those guys are hard as fuck to tap, like super hard. Because, and one thing, he he don't care. He's going to, he's going to fight it until he's his last breath. You know, like for sure. you know, those tight, those are very threatening chokes and arm bars. Uh, I'm sorry, the triangle I went through, but man, what a great fight! Great show display of heart from each fighter. Volkanovski is just levels ahead of the featherweight yeah. division. I think that the only person that can truly give him a run for his money when may win the fight would be Max Holloway. I thought the last fight that he had with him, Max won the fight. He mixed it up a lot better. The first fight, no, Volkanovski definitely I thought the won. second fight was, yeah, I thought Max won that too. I did too. 
But Volkanovski is tough as they come and his his constant pressure. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't let up, you know, let up on any, you know, scrambles or he's constantly in your face, faint, 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 you know. Um, but yeah, Ortega had, you know, man, I, th- I didn't think Ortega was going to get back up in the third round, you know, after that, the fourth thing he had to do, fourth and fifth. But, you know, that's uh, that's super crazy because I, some people are telling me that if you're not able to get up on your own, then yeah. is that part of the rules? Like, I'm not for sure. I knew. I remember when TJ, you know, he Dwayne came across after I dropped him in the first and he was stumbling back. Dwayne came and picked him up and walked him to the stand, the stool. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, because he was walking like using potholes. So I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that for, for me, it's like you can't answer the bell. Like, I don't know, you got recordment put you up there. And then you got then you got the minute. I know he's your boy. No, no. And I, I'm, glad like, I I'm glad the fight went on. I'm glad the fight went on, right? Yeah, so I'm just trying to. Yeah. You got a lot of time to recover. And then the doctor came in, and then he was like, oh, we were like, right, three, four, like, yeah, you're, you know, you're getting your win back. And I'm sure Volkanovski wasn't too, um, you know, concerned with, like, getting more time, you know, let him kind of recover yeah. as well. Um, definitely. But um, I yeah, honestly yeah, thought the fight was going to be stopped after the third round. I, I thought he waved it. Herb waved it. I thought he, like, waved it no, like this. I knew it was, like, right at the time, but I was like, oh, him laying there, I thought the doctor was going to come in and just stop it because – if you're not able to like pop up and you look like you're knocked out, yeah. but I'm glad, you know, you showed true heart, you know, Definitely. Like warrior spirit getting up and, and following through and finishing the, finishing out the fight and giving Browns, the yeah. what they want to see. So it was awesome. Shout out to what about our boy Diaz, man. Cool. Man, I, I just don't know the whole tactical approach with bumping up the weight class during fight week. Um, you know, supposed to get 170, maybe, you know, Diaz's aren't the ones that make excuses at all. Maybe he sustained an injury or couldn't train like he wanted to because if you see his pre his pre body, bro, I thought that pre body, yeah. Or maybe he's like was all motivated to come back. The fight got released and he had like maybe five weeks of training camp. Then the last like he lost motivation. But man, maybe I, bro, I do thought the same. I always I thought the same thing. Yeah, I mean, like who, who knows, knows right? You know, who knows what's going through a fighter's head? You know, especially having six years layoff. Do you um, think he looked in the shape he needed to look like fight no. night or the, yeah, he looked different, right? Was, Did you see that picture of him? Like when he was all ripped a couple weeks ago, yeah. like a month, I so thought that was a, that was a good while ago when he had that picture. And then they said that he's, he's training, he's getting ready for a fight. Yeah. They're all right, maybe go on seven. And then it was like, oh, okay. And then he switched to 85. He looked big. He looked big, but like, didn't look like, didn't know he didn't have, didn't take a shirt off to the lands. Um, but I mean, he was his output was crazy. You know what I mean? He was had crazy right. output. You know, right. anything you throw in that time, you're you're gonna get tired. You know what I mean? And they're amazing athletes. They're always coming in shape. Um, but who, who knows? Who knows? You know, that's I, I like Nick so much, man. The whole crowd. Me too, bro. He's always been super. I like cool Robbie as well. I've always um, always been a fan. Yeah, I just don't know. Maybe maybe something happened because it definitely he's never not showed up. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe I can just maybe I just. I'm thinking that he was motivated and got in the camp. I was like, man, I don't really want to do this anymore, you know? But I'm glad that he came out there and fought. fought and, 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 you know, we, I always love turning into a Nick Diaz fight, um, you know, and, you know, got hit with hard shit. His nose was all busted up. He's like, well, I ain't trying to bleed all over here and get, you know, for what, you know? I'm yeah, cool. that's how I heard that too. He's like, I'm not trying to bleed all over this. And Yeah, dude, his nose was jacked. It's like he's got two more rounds after that of the five-round fight. Um, but I will say that I think, one of the kicks definitely got in that body, it was body a body kick. kick. And, you know, and those, you know, a lot of people don't understand those body shots don't look like they really do a lot of damage, but they stick with you throughout the fight. It's tender. It gets hit there again. It's, you know, it takes shots. It's, it's hard to recover from those shots. Um, who knows, you know, but I would hope that he would want to fight again. I mean, I'm, I'm always going to tune into a Diaz fight. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Hey, another good episode, man. It's good to catch up. I'm happy that you're in Jersey. Or oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's talk about the John Jones before we wrap it up. John Jones. This guy can't catch a break, man. I don't I, I guess you came to the Hall of Fame for a day and ended up getting arrested and got charged for domestic or something. Got charged with domestic, hit his head on the hood of the, the police car. I know that's a felony and all types of crazy stuff. 
came out saying he's battling demons and he, he's getting to yeah. stop drinking and stuff. And I think that's the the first line spent, of spent the night in jail. I think the first line when you have all these, you know, incidents that happen, I think obviously they're all correlation with alcohol. He does have yeah. a addictive personality and alcohol doesn't say that well with him. He's battling demons. You know what I mean? If you think anything, you have a lot on your conscious, your mind and things going on in your life and you do a depressant, you know, it's only going to bring them out more, you know, yeah. um, just feel for me. Anyone that is an addict, you know, or has problems with that. Like I've, I've, runs through my family you know I, i've seen it my father is, is an addict his whole entire life um it's a disease dude it's a disease and you have to want it for yourself to get better um dude such a phenomenal athlete you know i've met with him trained with him a few times when i was in albuquerque fought in the same car with him truly like one of the nicest guys like i for, to me my experience i can speak only on my experience with with john um you know Remember I'm saying, you know, one of the most like probably best things you can hear from, you know, one of the pound pound champions is like how I move was like poetical. You know, it was a very like you watch me spar and you're like, man, the way you move is just is just amazing to watch. I was like, oh awesome. I appreciate that, you know. Uh, when I went out there and trained with Coach Gibson. But man, I just pray that he gets it together um, for himself. Yeah, me for too, man. Family, for, for his family, for his kids, but also so many people look up to him. So young, many young kids look up to him. Um, he's such has great God-given talent. You know, we all battle demons. We all battle that. So just praying, you know, we'll stay positive for him. You know what I mean? Like that's all you can do. Same. I mean, yeah. Stay positive. Same, man. I wish, I wish him the best. And you know, he gets, he gets some help or, you know, stops drinking like he says he's going yeah. to. And I'm sure he's going to come out and do some community work or some, you know, kids work and show that he's, you know, trying to make a difference and give back. So um, got my faith man awesome yeah yeah all right man another good episode that's episode three everybody shout out to all the homies out there that are listening in and watching our our podcast this has been fun you know me and cody go way back and it's just going to keep getting better so keep training hard out there cody we'll link in talk week. about the fight and yeah all right see you next week on that podcast yeah see yeah. you here. All right, All right everybody. everybody.